Hey, y'all, and welcome to Pursue Excellence, the podcast. If you are interested in gaining insight on how to expand your horizons while working towards personal growth and pursuing excellence, this is a podcast for you. Thank you for tuning in with me today, and please don't forget to subscribe and leave reviews. Now, let's get started with the episode. This week's episode of Pursue Excellence, the podcast. I am just so excited, joyful, and happy because we are on our last episode for our annual guest speaker series entitled the Pursue Excellence Top 5, the Working Woman Series. This speaker series will consist of five women who inspire me and others to pursue excellence in their daily lives by being change agents in their jobs and community. In addition to their daily jobs or quote, nine to five, end quote, these ladies are also positively impacting the community and the world. So without further anticipation, let's introduce our last but certainly not least guest speaker. JL Benjamin is an artist, consultant, volunteer, and God-fearing woman. Graduating from Howard University with a degree in information systems and analysis, JL currently works for Deloitte Consulting Company, where she is a customer experience strategist. While working at Deloitte, she is also a spoken word artist, youth Sunday school teacher, busboys and poets host, and co-producer of All Black Everything, Open Mic Nights in D.C. Her accolades include being recognized as a D.C. local community hero for 2020, Beltway Poetry Slam champion 2019 and 2018, and she has been ranked in the top 20% of poets for both women and individual world poetry slams. Let's welcome JL to the show. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Jay. How are so you? Excited. Yes, me too. Me too. I'm like reading her accolades, y'all. I'm like, okay, Jay. She <laughs> done came up. <laughs> Look. Exactly, exactly, because you know you got to do a humble brag, and that's where you got to do it. You know, just throw it in the bio. (laughs) No, but okay, we will get started right with the interview, y'all. So basically, Jay, where did you start? I'll say, well, how did you know you were interested in like information systems or business school in general? Oh man, great question. Like. Honestly, being from South Side of Atlanta, um, I had no idea. I honestly was just good at math and science. And so a lot of counselors, my cheerleading coach, um, and people who I interacted with on a day-to-day basis, my godmom, was like, oh, you know, math, science, do you want to be a doctor? I was like, heck no. <laughs> they're like, do you want to be an engineer? And I was like, nah, I, don't, I like Legos, but not for real. And so then... One of um, my teachers was like, well, do you have a tagged account or something she was asking me about? I was like, yeah, everybody got tagged. Like, da, da, da. She was like, can you believe, would you believe me if I told you a black person, you know, was in technology, all this and that. And, and she talked about the possibility of how technology 
was in fashion. It was, you know, in uh, medicine. It was just day to day. Right. So everything. So I was like, oh, this sounds like something that's customized. Like I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like something for the creatives. And so, um, got early tracks for it in high school, and then. By senior year, I was like, yeah, like, I want to do this. I, I see me doing this as a full-time professional. Right. And see, that's a good that you had, like, people in your corner telling you that in high school. Because some people don't, and they have no clue what it takes, A, to be what they want to be, or, two, what they want to be in general. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely agree. Honestly, I didn't even think I was going to do that, right? Like, right. originally, I was like, oh, I'm... I'm probably gonna be a teacher or something like I don't know. Right. And then I was like, I'm gonna be a, a prosecutor, like a children's youth prosecutor. And then I was just like, I, I think I just wanted to be these things that I definitely had no idea what it took. And right. That's the importance of like it takes a village to raise a child, right? Mm-hmm. So having people with those different at those different mindsets, like I'm a first generation college grad, so. Right. College, honestly, outside of state, like out of state and doing what I was doing was not even a thought. Exactly. And so how did you, I guess, that was a good point, too. As a first-generation college student, like, who helped you with all your college admission information? Oh, my counselor. Shout out to Miss Johnson. <laughs> She's still at Westlake. Shout out to her. <laughs> you know, uh, she was on me heavy. She was she saw my test scores and she was like, Look, sis, you in all these A P classes, you actually passing the test, which, you know, most people don't. Right. I did um joint what was it, joint study when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So my last year I took some co- classes at the community college and so I kinda had already got a little taste like of what you can possibly get of college. Right. Um, but yeah, my school my school counselor. But that's back when you had counselors assigned to like maybe 25, 30 students. Nowadays, I hear like you have a counselor, one counselor to like 75. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, that's where our counselor only served a maximum, I think, of like 30, 35 students. Exactly what you're saying. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I really send all the prayers for this new generation. Exactly. Um, <laughs> for real. And, and and I can only imagine what it's like for students that are also not in those magnet programs. Like, I was in a math and science magnet program. Right. Um, so our teachers and everybody, you know, they were taught to look at us completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a blessing in itself. Yeah, that is great. (laughs) Seriously. So now, how did that translate into consulting? So what made you, were you interested in consulting after Howard, or did it just basically, did you flow into consulting? So honestly, I had no idea what consulting was. I had no idea. Like, I literally did not know what that thing was, like, what consultant was, but I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, I knew there were TV shows about people being like, I'm your consultant. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was so ambiguous. Um, what essentially happened is I did a internship with the firm my junior year. Um, really liked it, loved it, actually. And they extended an offer to me um, for when I left college. Oh, that's perfect. And so, yeah, so it was perfect. And I mean, since my freshman year, I mean, at Howard, 
you often get opportunities or exposure to opportunities um, for internships and full-time and um, part-time as well. Mm -hmm. And so really, I didn't know, I didn't learn about Deloitte until that year. And it was, if it wasn't for one of the Howard alums, who's actually my roommate right now, see, (laughs) they connected. Um, Right. She didn't tell me about her experience at Deloitte. I probably would have, wouldn't have thought twice about the firm. I wouldn't have like looked at it or the industry. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how I got into it. I mean, my whole life story is about just being blessed to be around the right people, knowing the right people Mm -hmm. and them like giving me the information. But that's what God does. He'll put people in your path and help and give a get a word from him from those people who are in your path. And they become blessings, as you said. And you done a good job at keeping those relationships. <laughs> yeah, I mean you never know when you're like my grandma always says, you never know when you're entertaining angels. Yeah. Like you just never know. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, yeah, that 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 really plugged me in it, it, it plugged me in and level set and then when I came to Deloitte I was like oh wow like this firm is actually like a big deal like I right. I wasn't even able to piece it together um especially my senior year right of college mm-hmm. it's like you start getting that anxiety like I'm about to be an adult oh my god I need to figure this out like exactly mom can, can I still stay on your phone bill like exactly <laughs> And so you're thinking about all these other things, but it was good that they extended the offer before I even started my senior year. So I could really focus exactly. and begin to prepare my mindset for everything else that was about to change, right? Your right. friends are moving away. They're coming back, and you're just trying to figure out, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, everyone's leaving me. I don't have nothing yet, you know, but you had that already in place. That is awesome. Seriously. And so what, I guess, what hurdles did you face working in consulting? And from them, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career in consulting? So I honestly, I don't even know if I necessarily believe the industry matters um, more so than like what you should do when you're going through a transition or a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, Taylor, we're, we're both sorority sisters. Right, so like, <laughs> right. Um, we both know the importance of being consistent, being authentic, and like exactly. just being dependable, like committing to it, committing mm-hmm. to something. Um, I feel like those those personality traits or character traits that work ethic really helped. Um, so and I'll give an example, right? Mm-hmm. When Renee first told me about Deloitte, yes, I was interested. She had did that part, but it took me having to go to their information sessions, having to connect with the people that were there, uh, remembering to follow up, right? Um, being somebody who um, not only follows up, but what is Deloitte doing in the news? What do I know mm-hmm. about them outside of what they're telling me? What What are their interests of industry? How does that align, you know, or where does that align with my passion and purpose and, and where I'm grounded? And so I think once you show that you can be consistent, you can produce consistently, um, That that is a strong asset. Also, being authentic, like being you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first interned with the firm, I'll be honest, I was the only black female 
um, for consulting and technology. Mm-hmm. Because not only looking at consulting, you look at technology, it's not a lot of us. You know? nope. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not. And now we're getting to that point where you have outlets like Afrotech, right? That, mm-hmm. that brings us together as people of color in STEM. And so just how we're having that issue, you know, everywhere, everybody's trying to figure out how can we become more inclusive of, of every person that is within our firm, right? How, how do our morals and values reflect that of the firm? So I think that understanding that um, probably was a hurdle for me, especially mm-hmm. coming straight out of an HBCU. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I and I expected all my coworkers to be black, you know, same race, same gender, exactly. same everything. Like, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking twice about it. And, and really recognizing that um, in that space, sometimes people don't know how to receive you. And it's not just because they don't want to, they're just learning, you know, what, what does this mean, right? Exactly. Like I had coworkers who reached for my hair before, and I had to, you know, politely educate <sighs> them with that. Like, hey, you just in this, you don't do that. When you right. go to the you don't reach in there and just start touching stuff. Like, unless it's that you can touch, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, when people use certain phrases, you have to question. I'm like, you know, yes, a black person was killed in the news, but what, you know, why did you feel you had to come to me and talk about that story and ask me, was I okay? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, being able to be open, but also recognizing some of my unconscious bias, right? Because mm-hmm. I assumed every white person was wealthy, rich, came from a, you know, like, right. I, I did not assume that, you know, some of us would have the same background. Yeah. really same stories like mm-hmm. they had I had no idea um and so I was honestly closing myself off to those kind of things so I think unlearning uh certain ideas that I had grown up with um was probably a struggle as well yeah that was like one of the big hurdles um, yeah, I would agree <laughs> I would definitely agree because when I started working And specifically in consulting, I'll add, because a lot of people can be passive aggressive. And so I had to be in, and me and JL are both confrontational, y'all. So (laughs) with me being a confrontational person, I couldn't go to those people and just talk to them, you know, if I had an issue or if I just wanted to confront someone, how I had been talking to people every day of my life. Like, these are your co-workers. You cannot talk to people like that. So I definitely understand that, unlearning some of those qualities, because I definitely experienced that. Um, I mean, immediately. Immediately. Then you start learning the Amanda Seals version of, like, per my last email. Yep. Yep. And you got to just start being like, okay. and, and by no means do I think it's your responsibility or our, my responsibility to educate people. Right. But I do think it is um, just a part of us being compassionate and showing empathy to recognize those moments where this is genuinely just a, you don't know. You literally don't know. Right. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and to stop trying to think people are like, they know. Like you said, just assuming people know and they're trying to like, I don't want to say hurt you. Or, like, yeah. snide you in some way. So I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. Because I was like, no, she, when I first started, I'm like, no, she didn't. You know, taking stuff to heart, too. For real, JL. <laughs> right. 
Look, I am the queen. My birthday is in December. I'm a Sagittarius. I am known to take everything personal. It is. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh wow. That too. They did not. They did not put. You know, there was not a black girl in the in the <laughs> photo in the newsletter. Like, you right. know I'm here. You know, right. you start thinking about stuff. It's like, girl, what is going on? Right. Not involved. <laughs> Right. I wake up like, how can I be inclusive of JL today? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> and just like I'm not waking up being like, how in the world can I make you know? Exactly. Whatever. It is just making those adjustments. No, that was a really good um, hurdles and advice. Listeners, I hope y'all jotted that down. If not, it'll be in the show notes. It Put will. It on a sticky. Exactly. Put it on a sticky. But okay, so how does, and maybe it doesn't relate, but how did you end up getting into spoken word and poetry after, you know, Deloitte or before Deloitte? Were you always interested in it? Yeah, good question. So I was always a writer. I wrote all the time. I used to do the words of encouragement in my church down in uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I did. Shout out to South Carolina Community Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would always read other people's poets, like poems. I would read my Angela Langston Hughes. Um, and it would be Lawrence Dunbar. I mean, you name it. I was reading it. Alice Walker in, in church for the reflections moment. And my pastor would always be like, you know what? You're going to be a writer. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to be a writer. And then, of course, you go through middle school, high school, and you start looking at what writers make. And like, yeah. oh, I'm good at math and science. You be a technologist. And you start looking at the different um, revenues and letting other things influence your decision. And so... I continued to write, still wrote throughout college. Ironically, like, never really shared until um, I became an AKA. I think it was, like, my senior year. And I was trying to get us to do this whole, like, open mic night and art show and whatnot. We never ended up doing it, but it was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So that year when I graduated, um, my church asked me to do reflections on my college experience. And I had a poem about my college experience. And that was perfect. And it, it was, right, it was so clutch. Mm-hmm. And at first I was just going to say some regular words, like just share a few stories and whatnot. But then something on my heart, I was like, no, I'm going to share this poem. Like I memorized it. I'm yeah. Gonna share it, I'm going to say this poem. So I'm on my way to church and I'm like, God, if I go through three green lights, then I'm going to do the poem. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it was crazy. Like I went through three green lights. And then I did the poem at my church, and it was a standing ovation. Like, people were like, yes. in the world? Like, are you, like, a performer? Like, right. what's going on? And I just was like, wow. Like, affirmations just started flying out the window after that. It was crazy. Wow. That is truly a blessing. So... I don't even, I'm trying to think of what question to ask next. I'm like, I got so many questions. But the first one is, so how did you, I guess, put your after the church incident, or not incident, but occasion, how did you, like, navigate into the world, sharing your poetry with the world? Yeah, no, great. So, I mean, from there, it was like, people was like, oh, what open mics do you go to? And I'm like, I never go to open mics. And they're like, you need to go to open mic. So then they told me about Bus Boys and Poets. So I went to Bus Boys and Poets. It was right under my apartment at the time. And so I was like, oh, let me go. Let me check it out. Mm-hmm. So I go. And actually, the first night I go, um, 
it's a closed open mic because they're doing the finals for Slam. And I am like, what? Finals for Slam? So I'm watching these other poets. And, of course, like, in your artist mind, you're feeling yourself. Like, you're like, I'll go up there. I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is cool. So the next one they had, um, I went and I performed at the open mic. And literally the coach for Beltway Poetry Slam, Pages Matam, he uh, approached me after. He's like, so where are you from? Like, <laughs> he's like... So, like, you just be doing poetry, like, and so he's, like, telling me how he's going to invite me out. He's like, I definitely should go out for the team. They're going to nationals this year. And I'm telling him, like, you know, I have no idea, like, none of this language. He's talking about bouts and Elizabeth DeCivito, and he's dropping names of big poets. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> but I'll definitely come back out. And so he told me the number of poems I needed, so I wrote them. And I was like, all right, like, these are some good poems. And it was crazy because at that time I was only sharing my poems at church. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think we had Women's Day for church. And so I was like, all right, I got a poem for this. I'm going to do it here first and then go to the other venue and do the, <laughs> do the poems. And from there, it really took off. Like, getting involved with him, that took off. Having people at my church then inviting me to, like, their personal and private events, that took off. My job, we had a inclusion, diversity and inclusion Um event and I got to do poetry there actually let me rewind my job my very first performance was at our Deloitte's Got Talent talent show and mm-hmm. I was like all right I'm gonna sign up for the talent show with my you know poetry because right. at this point I'm feeling it and funny funny thing about that like I almost had imposter syndrome for a second um <laughs> because no seriously I almost had imposter imposter syndrome because at first I had wrote this new poem that I thought was safe and then when I got up there and just listening to everybody else be so genuine, like people have written songs themselves and it's like my heartbreaking love and family issues. I was like, I would be doing them a disservice if I didn't do this poem. Like the poem right. that's the truest to me. And so I ended up doing that. Um, and when I say standing ovation, judges were were crying, like they were emotional. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And that kinda is how my poetry took off from like a work perspective. Our current CEO now, um, actually was one of the judges for that night and literally since then he was like, Yep, I'm showing this poem to everybody. Like right. like, we got a video record this, we're sending this out. This is going everywhere. Wow. And then I started doing poems at the firm a lot more. Wow, that is such a beautiful story, JL. I never, like, you know, I was in parts of, this, of your life, but it's like I never fully got the full story of how it all came to fruition. So this is, wow, this is great. Um, so now the next question, how do you, I guess, balance, you know, your spoken words, your poetry, and still being a consultant at Deloitte? I mean, it is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's like stick to the schedule. Stick to the schedule. Like, literally play some time for yourself where, um, you know, you know this may be a high time for work. For example, I'm up for promotion right now. I know it's a, it's a high time for work. Right. Um, but I am fully committed to my passion, meaning at every second Thursday of the month, like, I'm going to work remote because mm-hmm. I need to prepare. I have a show. I have a gig. Right. Um, if it is 
I know I have a gig coming up, just making sure I'm, you know, dedicating that practice time. If I start practice time at five, that's what time I'm starting practice. Like, exactly. Um, blocking off times on your calendar to stay committed to it. Um, but also taking, like, being intentional about planning your self-care, I think mm-hmm. is important. So if it's like, I know I'm going to go heavy, I'm going to go hard, I'm going to do the best I can for these three months, and then month four, like, I'm not going to book shows. Even though, you know what I'm saying? Even though right. the opportunities are there, I'm actually going to take time to sit and reflect and figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, and I think those, like, those small reflection moments, having a more frequently, mm-hmm. uh, it, helps, it helps you kind of level set, adjusting gear. But yeah, and just remembering, like, Work, I feel like people always say, like, work-life balance or career and passion. I want to align my passion with my career as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So that way I'm not at a point where I'm like, dang it. I really feel like I'm two different people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. you know, mm-hmm. I want to be as solid in who I am as, as as close as I can be, as authentic to my purpose and calling as I can be. Exactly. Oh, yes, that is great. And so we have one last question. What is an interesting fact that you want people to know about you? Uh, interesting fact? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to... <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? I know. I had a pause. I had a whole pause right there. I was like, an interesting fact about me. Um, interesting fact. Just that a random thing people don't know, I mean, you know, don't have to be like a secret, but <laughs> don't know about you that you would like to share. Okay. Um, hmm. So I guess I would say interesting fact about me that a lot of people don't know is... I used to sing in the choir. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Listen, yeah, that was a joke, y'all. Yeah. You'll get it later on in life when you hear me sing. It's like, what the heck? I, can, uh, I feel like everyone know I can't cook. That's an interesting fact. But I love to eat. And, uh, <laughs> so that's interesting. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, actually, I got it. I got it. Boom. Taylor, perfect one. Interesting fact about me, I write all my poems down still um, before I type them. I, for some reason, I just have this fear that, like, when I type them, I don't know, like, somebody around the world can, like, tap into what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. So I write them down um, still. I believe in pen and paper. Oh, and that's, no, that's good because I, they laugh at me at work when I, because I'm in this class, and I don't take notes on my computer. I write them down in a notebook. But it's seriously, it's a statistical fact that when you write stuff down, you remember it better. Oh, wow. See, I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah. But anything I write down, I remember better. See? Sure. Yep. So that's still good. So... All right, so I guess our last question would be, where can listeners connect with you online? Awesome. You can follow me on Instagram at, at J-A-E-L-S-P-E-A-K-S, Jail Speaks. Um, website will be launching in March or in April. Terrible. In April, so next month, uh, that's another venue. You can also stop by and see some of my videos on YouTube. Um, and, yeah. 
And the open mic night. Open mics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, open mics. I totally forgot. And open mics. I host at Bus Boys and Poets every first Monday of the month. I also host at Brooklyn on U Street uh, every second Thursday of the month. Um, And you can catch me at Features at a couple venues all all the way around. So I know another open mic is Pure Poetry that sometimes I go to and try to get on the list. And then also there's another one in Hyattsville that's ran by Backpack Jeff um, that is it's really great as well. So, yeah. Yay, and I'll... a local open mic near you. Invite me. Look, I will even come to your city. Exactly, right. Exactly. And I'll put all that in the show notes so they know exactly where to contact you. And they have it all. Thank you so much, Jay. This was a perfect interview. You dropped some gems for my listeners. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. Taylor, this is amazing. I'm just honored to be on the show. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jay. (laughs) All righty. So that is a wrap for today. I really hope you all enjoy JL's interview. I'm so proud of her and her poetry, you know. God is just really using her and her ability to write and speak, to bless and uplift others. And as she keeps using her talents for him, I know he will continually bless her. So I will leave JL's social media information in the show notes so that you can follow her on her journey. And be sure to stop past her open mic nights and support. I've had the chance to attend some and there are some really good artists that come out and display their talent. So make sure you sign up if you're an artist and or just go listen and support if you aren't. In other news, while the series is going on, we will not have STEM Talk Tuesdays, but they will resume after the series. Don't forget to leave reviews and subscribe. You can contact me via email, write.taylor24 at gmail.com. That is W-R-I-G-H-T period T-A-Y-L-E-R 24 at gmail.com and or my Instagram at Taylor Alexis W. That's at T-A-Y-L-E-R-A-L-E-X-I-S-W. So I'll talk to y'all again next week and we will resume our regular Wednesday episodes. Peace, love, and blessings.